Let us be attentive. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels, and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour we hunger and thirst, we are ill-clad and buffeted and homeless, and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become and are now as the refuse of the world, the offscouring of all things. I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Peace be to you, the reader. According to St. Matthew, let us be attentive. At that time, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic, and he suffers terribly, for often he falls into the fire, and often into the water, and I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and perverse generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move hence to yonder place, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. 
As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. Peace be to you, the herald of the gospel. Good morning. Sometimes, as I have said in the past, we can easily apply relationship advice or marital advice to our spiritual lives. I'm not talking here about the sappy, lovey-dovey stuff that's out there, but rather real marriage advice from real marriage counselors. For example, a marriage therapist once, no, once noted one key to commitment. He wrote, when both husband and wife remained committed to staying together, not only are they more likely to stay together, they reaffirm a sense of permanence and stability that will block conflict from destroying their commitment, end quote. In other words, by having an attitude of solid long-term commitment to each other, the couple will not let the challenges and ups and downs in life destroy their marriage. So it is with our commitment to God. If we have a long-term view of our relationship with God, an attitude of solid commitment, we will be more likely to do what it takes to keep a long-term commitment with God despite life's ups and downs. Each one of us has a relationship with God. And in this relationship, who is committed to the long-term? The first person to affirm our long-term relationship with God is, of course, God himself. God is the one who always stays faithful despite life's ups and downs. Take, for example, today's gospel lesson. In today's gospel, when the boy's father asked Christ to heal his son, the gospel reads in Jesus' words, O faithless and perverse generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. Then Jesus healed the boy. Here we read about Jesus' annoyance with the situation. Christ says, How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Christ's statement here is remarkable. How long am I to bear with you? With it, we see that Christ is upset at the lack of faith of some. But we also see that Christ 
still helped him, them. He showed human emotion, but he stayed committed to his loving relationship with humanity. Christ was committed despite difficulties and disappointments. Christ's faithfulness to us includes his forbearance of us. Sometimes, however, our own relationship with God lacks forbearance. That is to say, patient endurance with someone or something. When things supposedly go wrong in our lives, we sometimes lack forbearance. Sometimes we look at one problem and we lack patience, patient endurance with the situation or we lack patience with God himself. We forget that faithfulness to God includes forbearance of life's difficulties. When things seem to go wrong in our lives, we forget that a mindset of forbearance and long-term commitment is an important part of our relationship with God. For example, sometimes when we get sick, we might turn our backs on God instead of forbearing life's difficulties and allowing those difficulties to lead us to greater reliance on God. For example, think of St. Nectarios, who died of prostate cancer in 1920. His illness did not separate him from God, since, through his faith, he knew how to forbear life's difficulties with patience. In today's gospel lesson, despite Christ's disappointment with their lack of faith, Christ still healed the epileptic, epileptic boy. Christ was sad to see the lack of faith. O oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Yet, Christ still remained committed to his long-term relationship with humanity. Christ still forbore the disappointment. Christ still loved the people in today's gospel lesson. Christ struck, stuck with them. Christ stuck with them, and Christ still sticks with us, his people, today, despite our sins. In our Orthodox tradition, we praise God's forbearance. For example, in the New Testament book of 2 Peter, we read, and count the forbearance of our Lord as salvation. And on great Thursday evening, as we commemorate the crucifixion of Christ, we say again and again, glory to your forbearance, O Lord. God's forbearance for mankind is so great that Christ died for us and offers all of us salvation despite our sins. God's forbearance for mankind is so great that he not only bore a cross for us, he bore the cross for us. Forbearance of life's difficulties is an important Christian virtue, one we should strive to keep. In the epistle to the Philippians, chapter 4, we find the following beautiful words. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, let all men know your forbearance. The Lord is at hand. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Christian forbearance of the difficulties in life is not only an affirmation of God's presence and love, Christian forbearance is also an affirmation of the peace which God offers us when we have a committed relationship with him. Let us all then strive for a more deeply committed relationship with God, which includes forbearing life difficulties with faith in the one who forbears all things for our salvation. And how long will our Lord forbear with us? How long will he remain faithful to us? How long does our Lord see our relationship lasting? How long? For a few weeks? For a few years? No. Our Lord is committed to us forever. Forever. He sees us as his children, and he loves us forever. His forbearance, his patient endurance, his faithfulness is the ultimate commitment. Let us commit ourselves and one another and our whole lives to Christ our God. Amen.